0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Psalms chapter 19. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. I've titled today's message, That's Gonna Leave a Mark. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the Eric Holler. Simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Hey, all right, still on. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. What a mark this word leaves on us. This mark means that The word brings you back to where you belong, converts the soul. The word convert means to bring back to where you belong. Isn't that a beautiful definition? To bring back home. Uh, The word makes you smarter, makes wise the simple. The word fills you with joy. It rejoices the heart. And the word enlightens the eyes. In other words, it helps you see what you can't see. Father, thank you for this time with these precious people. Thank you, Father. For the supernatural power and ability, the miracles, the transformation, the change, the beauty, the glory, the life, the blessing that is in the hearing, the receiving, and the bearing fruit of your word. So we, right now, pay attention to it. Right now, Lord, we lean in. We put our ear to your word because we understand it is vital for us. To thrive in this Christian walk. The world brings trouble, but your word is life to those who find it. It is the victory for us. It brings, it is the highest authority so that we can speak into our troubles, we can speak into our situations and see them change by the power of your word. Let your word be released in our hearts and lives today. Let this seed go deep in our hearts. God, we want to live the fruit of it. Yeah. We want to experience all that your word has to give us today. We, let it leave a great mark on us today. Yeah. Thank you. One that'll change us. And Lord, we know it is your goal yeah. that we be transformed yeah. into the image of your dear son. Thank you. So Lord, we welcome that experience today. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 7, the law of the Lord. Now, David describes the word of God in these ways. The law, the testimony, the statutes, and the commandment. For you and I, being that we are not under the law, nor it never were as Gentiles, um, the way we look at this through our New Testament reality today is that is for us the word of God. The word of God. And the word of God in the grace of God, through the grace of God. Uh, so, these things, the, the, all these aspects of the word bring such a change. You see, see, because the word is this, this is what the effect is. This is the mark that it leaves. It converts the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, it converts the soul. Isn't that good? It's sure, it makes you smarter. Next, it's right, it rejoices the heart, and it's pure, enlightening the eyes. It's right. But you can, it says yeah, that rejoices the heart because the word is right. How many of you would like to be right? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Come on, husbands and wives, talk to yeah. me. Sometimes you get so heavy in that conversation, right? And you're not going to quit until they know or admit that you are right. Yeah. yeah. There's a joy in being right, right? <laughs> there's a joy in it, there's a conquering There's a victory. There's a one up, but that's never good for marriages. You don't have to be right. And and as soon as you figure that out, Eli and Brenda, here's the answer she's right. Every time I say, You're right, honey, she goes, you ever gonna get tired of saying that? I've been tired of it for 25 years, and I'm still saying it. But listen. So since you're not a law, you're under a you're children of promise. You're not children of bondage. You're children of promise. That's this is our experience. Thank God, We're children of promise, and all the promises of God are in Him. Yes and Amen. Oh, this is good. The the word converting, as I said, it converses over, brings back home again, brings back home again. Uh, The the song that we sang this morning, by the way, worship team did great. Our worship leader's not even here. Faith is out gallivanting with Jeremiah and Maddie Land in uh, South Carolina. So anyway, awesome job today, guys. Really appreciate you. Man, it was so powerful. But the, the last song we sang... About Jesus, I was reminded of um, of when I was a kid, and uh, now at at that time, my grandmother, my mother's mother, was not a Christian, but my dad's mother, Grandma Holler, was, and we lived, when we lived in southern Oklahoma, we lived just across the pasture from my dad's parents, and so as kids, we would just as soon as school was out, we'd get home. And then we'd run up to Grandpa and Grandma's house because there, there are very few rules, <laughs> and there's lots of sweet stuff to eat. And uh, anyway, and we spent many nights uh, there at Grandpa and Grandma's house. But and then on my, my mom's side, uh, her her mom would go over there, and my uncle, my uh, mom's younger brother, he and I are only like two years apart, a little over two years apart. So we were more like brothers growing up. My uncle Steve, and so. He'd want us to stay the night sometimes, you know, so we'd stay the night over there. But there was two whole different experiences. You know, I was raised in a godly home, and I'm grateful for that. And I uh, always had good time with my Uncle Steve or at my Grandma Kerr's house uh, until, until it's time to go to bed. And, and you could sense the lack of peace in the house of a godly home. It just wasn't there, and that darkness uh, it was scary, you know? It was just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. But when I go to my other grandmother's, now, back then before the casino was there in Thackerville, you could actually see the, every star in the sky there, and it was so dark, my grandpa was not going to waste one nickel on a nightlight or anything like that. So when the lights went out on their, their farmhouse, I mean, it was just like, couldn't see your hand in front of your face. I'd be laying in the living room, and, and again that feeling of, oh. but then I'd hear my grandmother, always praying, and I couldn't see her because it's so dark. But I just knew, just right over here in this little hallway area, she'd get up out of her bed and she'd just kind of walk this little hallway, and all I would hear is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just hear that name, Jesus. And as soon as I'd hear that, I knew everything was gonna be all right. See, the word keeps you grounded. It Keeps you coming back, converts, brings you back to where you belong, brings you back home again. You know that's why you need to stay in it. You know, uh, I and I'm, hopefully I'm talking to some people that can understand. There's been times in my life where I've not opened my Bible for a while. I know you can't imagine that. This is before I met even Heather, but and then you go back to it, and it's just like. <gasps> Your spirit's just crying out for it, right? And you see all the good things in you, you think, why did I? Why haven't I been reading my Bible? This is where I belong. This is home. This is your home. Because what God says about you is the ultimate truth in your life. Everything else out there is trying to vie for your attention, your identity, your troubles, your hurts. Experiences, the enemy's a liar, he's accusing you all the time, and he wants you far away from home. Yeah. But you're not that far. Because the truth is, as we learned last week from Pastor Elma, you are in Christ. Yes. You're yeah. in Him. Yeah. And in Him, ooh, that's home. Which means that this is better than just a, an amicable relationship with God. It is... A family. He brought you right into his family. So he can talk to you like you're his kids. How many of you know that he'll talk to you like you're his kid and he's going to correct you sometimes? Because this Hebrews is quoting actually from Proverbs says, who the father loves, he corrects. Right? Right? And he corrects you because you let, now, how does he correct you? Boy, there's all kinds of weird, wacky, religious, dumb ideas out there of how God corrects you. Well, the Lord gave me cancer because I was straying. And so he's teaching me real good. Bull, bull, butter. That's not the truth. I had to slow that one down there for a second. (laughs) Almost let a Heather word out. (laughs) I'm just, that's, that's a joke. That's a joke. It really is a joke. Um, great. I can't remember what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> huh? Correcting you. Yes, I'm about to be corrected. <laughs> correcting correcting because, uh, because he loves us. How does he, he corrects us through his word. When Paul was talking to his son Timothy, he said, all scripture is given by God. And is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction, doctrine. All right? So the the scripture is the prophet for us. And it's profitable to correct us. That's why you need to keep coming back to us so it can keep you coming back to where you belong. You can keep you at home. Amen. Our minds need to be brought back to this truth again and again. You know, We're renewing our minds, our spirit. Woo, we're fully aware. We're fully righteous. We're fully o- awake and seated in heavenly places with Christ. But this old mind, you're going to have to help it get wrapped around that truth, right? And you remember that, that the Lord is not, not, the word is not seeking. It's not looking at the, the thoughts and intents of the mind. It's looking at the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, God thinks better of you than you do. Yeah. Because a lot of times we get caught identifying with this, what's going on up here, rather than know the heart is what God is looking at. Your, the thoughts of your heart are pure because your heart has been made new in him. It's the mind we got to get right. Renewing that mind day by day. So these, and, and we have the power by his Mighty power to pull down those strongholds, to cast down every thought that's in not obedience to Jesus Christ and change the way we think. Amen. And this word is what will help you renew your mind, help you grab a hold of those truths and think on those things so that you can live in them, their experience. Amen. The word brings you back to where you belong. Amen. I'm so glad to belong, aren't you? Look at this. The second part of 7b The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. Say this with me the word makes you smarter. Word makes you smarter. Word makes you... You can get all kinds of smarts in this world. But the wisdom of God is not like the wisdom of this world. It is a higher wisdom. It is a mystery that is revealed to those who believe on Him. God's not concealing this wisdom to hide it from us. He's concealing it for those who believe it. He's concealing it for his people. All right. The wisdom of this world, when it looks at the cross, it says that's foolish. So Paul teaches us the the preaching of the cross is foolishness, but to us who believe this is the saving of our souls, right? Whole different experience. The wisdom of God, the word makes you smarter. David said in Psalm 119, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Wow. So let's get some wisdom this morning, huh? How about some wisdom from kids on the subject of kissing? When, little Wendy, she's eight years, years old. She says, when a person gets kissed for the first time, they fall down and they don't get up for at least an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Callie, age nine, says, never kiss in front of other people. It's a big, embarrassing thing if anybody sees you. But if nobody sees you, I might be willing to try it with a handsome boy, but just for a few hours. Uh, Doug, who's seven, says, you learn how to kiss right on the spot when the gushy feelings get the best of you. <laughs> Roger, who's six, says, it's, if it's your mother, you can kiss her anytime. But if it's a new person, you have to ask permission. <laughs> and little Tammy, age 10, brings this wisdom to us. She says, it's okay. It's never, I'm sorry, it's never okay to kiss a boy. They always slobber all over you. That's why I stopped doing it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Mm. There's only so much resource of understanding and knowledge. Only so much Google can do for you. But when the earth has been spent of its resources... And you are still left standing asking questions. You're still there without the answers. You're still there without the solution. How many of you know you need something better? There is a supply for you to bring wisdom into your life, to bring understanding, enlightenment, mm, knowledge. Because the knowledge of God is the highest knowledge. My ways are higher My thoughts are what? Higher. God is not making a contrast here, talking about how awesome he is and how stupid we are. He is inviting us somewhere. This is an invitation. My ways are higher. Right up here, my thoughts are higher. And you can think the thoughts of God. Because now Paul says, you have the mind of Christ. Ooh, thank God. So understand that what the word brings you is wisdom. And wisdom is is better than just a right now kind of knowledge. Wisdom is a futuristic understanding. It helps you look way down the road so that you can make the proper decisions to get the results that God wants you to have and that you ultimately want to have. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Amen. need that. My dad was, uh, when he was growing up on a farm in Oklahoma, his dog, little dog gone over to the neighbor's farm, and uh, when it crossed the fence... That neighbor farmer shot and killed my dad's dog, and which he had a right to. It's on his property. I mean, it's a jerk thing to do, but he, you know, I mean, it's not like he didn't know ever see the dog, but the dog went over there and man killed him. So my dad, he's maybe nine or 10 years old. He goes over to to my great-grandfather's house, his grandfather, who lived across the road. And he goes up there, and he's red-faced, tears running down his face, and he stomps up there to Paul Holler's house, and Paul's sitting out on the front porch. And uh, he said, look, Johnny, John Boy, that's what he called him, John Boy? He said, what's wrong with you? He said, so, farmer so-and-so killed my dog. My dog crossed his fence, and he killed my dog. He said, "Oh, I killed your dog. He says, yeah. He says, well, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to go kill his dog now. <laughs> kill my dog, I'm going to kill him. Kill his dog. Paul said, yeah. John, boy, you could do that. You could go over and kill his dog. But then you'd be just like him. The Scripture is what we need when we're in those moments of heightened emotions. We need wisdom to break through that garbage. Because you and I as Christians do not live by how we feel about stuff. All right? I'm not saying your feelings aren't yeah. bad, and sometimes your feelings are very justified. But my family, you cannot afford yeah. to stop and live at that. Yeah. We walk by faith, yeah. Yeah. not by sight, not by the sensual realm. Anybody can live by the senses, but you have a higher place to live, a higher place. We walk by faith. That's why you need the wisdom of God. Thank you. Verse eight, I'm almost through. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. See, this is what's so good about the the truth of the word. Because God's right, you can always rejoice. You win because you put your faith in him. You trust his word. Guess what? You're always going to get the results. Remember Joshua, just before he goes to heaven, he looks at the children of Israel and he says, I need to remind you of something. This land of promise that we're now in, so let me remind you of all the things that God has done and not one word that he told us failed. Not one. Everything he said would come to pass has come to pass. Oh, that rejoices the heart. He said it and if God said it, then he will do it. Has he spoken it and not will he not make it good? God is a promise-keeping God. He's true to his word. He watches over his word to perform it on our behalf so that we can have much joy in its truth and in its fulfillment in our lives. Huh? Happy heart, happy life. And your heart's glad it, it affects every other part of your life, especially your face. Hmm? Amen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and joy, I like this definition of joy. Joy is the continual anticipation of good. The continual anticipation of good. Not that, you know what that means? If you have this continual anticipation of good, that means then nothing can take that from you. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. You remember that song? The world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. The joy that you have is, a, is not dependent upon circumstances being right or wrong. That's happiness in one sense is that way, right? Somebody does something good, things go right for you, get that promotion, you get happy. Well, you're not getting a promotion every day. And the disciples compared their joy. They came to Jesus rejoicing. Even the demons are subject to us in our name. He said, No, no, don't rejoice over that. You're not going to be doing that all the time. Rejoice because your names are in heaven. Amen. So you live on every day on earth with this continual anticipation of good. Because you know this, that all things work together for what? Good to those who love God, who are the call according to his purpose. Oh, thank God. It's he who's the one that is leading you in triumph. It is him who has given you the victory. You can't lose on this deal because he's already won it for you. He made you what? More than a what? Come on. Do you believe that today? You are more than. You are more than a. Amen. More than a conqueror through him who loved you. The word fills you with joy. Fills you with joy. The commandment, and lastly, verse 8b. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Paul prayed this in Ephesians, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Why is this important? Because there's something more for us to see than what we see. While we look not at the things which are seen, With things that are not, well, how do we look at things that are not seen? How are you supposed to see the things you can't see and uh, and not see the things you can see? Faith. Faith is how you do it. And if there is more for us, if we need an enlightening of the eyes, then that means there's more to this life than what we can see. God has more for you to know, for you to experience. Oh, my goodness. It gives you God's perspective. That's what this is saying. This is an invitation, again, to see it as God sees it and see yourself as he sees you. Yeah. Thank you. You think God ever gets confused? Think he ever wonders what to do in a situation? You ever think he gets rattled? Like, oh, didn't see this coming. I don't know what to do about this. Huh? Never. Even Jesus, when he walked on the earth, never rattled. Just never in this urgency over people's problems and people had some problems people got problems today and everybody's problem is of utmost urgency right my phone called 911 a few days ago i was out i was planting a, some a blackberry bush at our house and i hear in my pocket going, i was like what is going on i pull it out and it's calling 911 my phone had an urgency so I quickly hang up because I don't know if anybody's answered it, you know. And sure enough, the local police called me. Did you call 911? I said, no, but my pocket did. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. All right. Everybody's got an urgency. But listen to me. Yeah. Even in those moments, we need an enlightening of the eyes. Lord, help me to see. See this how, as you see it. Because everything around me is... Turmoil. It's tumultuous. Help me to see as you see it. Bye. And there's always a peace that he can bring in those very fear producing situations. Yeah. Matter of fact, right in the middle of many fear producing situations, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Take courage. Yeah. Yeah. Take courage. Thank you. So there's always another path to go, but you need the enlightening of the eyes, you need to see what he sees. It says it's pure, which means it takes all the mud out of the water because God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Peace. And this truth is pure. It sets you totally free. Your faith in him, in his word, is what gives you access to that revelation, to his perspective. And when you hear the good news, praise God, the lights come on. I love that. Now, you can decide how to live your life. You're either going to take life as it comes at you, you can decide that you're just going to live by what you see. Yeah. But there ain't nothing that you can do, your eyes can do about what they see. They simply can observe their situation. That's why you need faith in God. Yeah. That's why you need faith in God. Why? Because things need to change, and things are not going to change unless you get his word in your mouth and yeah. bring the change. Yeah. But his word will do it. His word will do it. Jesus said, yeah. if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. The victory That faith is, is the victory that overcomes the world. You were not born. You're not born again, I should say, to succumb to circumstances. You were born to change things. The Word helps you see what you can't see. The Word brings you back to where you belong. It's home. Amen. The Word makes you smarter. It gives you wisdom and understanding and knowledge and insight that this world cannot give. The world fills you with joy. This is not a one-time experience or a happenstance kind of joy. This is an everyday kind of experience that you can have as a believer. And that joy of the Lord is your strength. And the word helps you see what you can't see. Right. Let it leave these marks in your life. And enjoy the fruit of this word because it's life to you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your powerful word, your powerful living word. Thank you for the glorious gospel that saves us. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. We love that story. We love The good news that's in that, the peace that we find, the security, the deliverance, the power, the exchange in believing your gospel, that you died for our sins so that we will not die from our sins. We have been forever transformed from darkness and into light. And whoever believes on you has everlasting life. Father, let these truths set into our hearts today. Thank you, Lord. Help help us, Lord, to stay grounded, to stay at home in the Word. To keep that keen sense of belonging. Thank you, Father God, for the wisdom your Word brings. Help us, Lord, not to get caught up in in emotions. Emotions don't have any intellect. (laughs) So they don't have a right to tell us what to think. Help us glean from your wisdom, your understanding, your knowledge, your insight today. All these things, Lord. May your people be equipped and empowered for life to live the abundant life that you came to give them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.